Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I'm one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, and I'm director Rob Federick. Hi, I'm Rob Schulte. Guys, we've got a raunchy comedy this week. The sweetest thing, everybody. Which is one of, uh, actually, one of my favorite U2 songs, weirdly enough. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, the sweetest thing. Um, so, guys, you know, uh, this movie was brought on by um, a visit. Now, this <laughs> this uh, this girl came and hung, uh, hung out with me uh, a couple weeks back. And she was all like, Peter, you know, I like your Madrigal at the movies, but... Um, all you do is review dude movies. You know, you got, I, I like, I like uh, Indiana Jones and the matrix and gladiator, but why don't you guys do a chick flick? You know, one of those raunchy comedy chick flick movies. Yeah. My favorite is the sweetest thing. You know, it is called Madrigal at the movies, not Madrigal at the action movies or the, well, that's Ma- true. Oh, oh. <laughs> but you know, you know, what's funny though, is that like, I get that she wanted you to choose a chick flick, but you chose one of the raunchiest chick flicks ever. Like, well, no, she, no, she put it in my mind. She was like, you should watch The Sweetest Thing, Peter. <laughs> I think that's great. I really like that because, and we'll get into it, but I really feel like this is a movie that paved the way for a lot of great comedies that came after it. And, uh, you know, it. I'll save my full thoughts towards the end, guys, but... You know, sometimes it takes me a bit to get into comedies like this. You know, I'm a I'm a sensitive boy, as you guys know. But uh, <laughs> but I had fun watching this, and I hadn't seen it since high school. Right? Yeah, I mean, it was circa 2002. Um, and I got to say, man, like I remember when I first watched it, expecting this like little lighthearted comedy, and I I was like, whoa, this is so much raunchier than I expected it to be. Yeah. But in such a great way, because. It felt like a buddy comedy, but, you know, through the female perspective and, you know, I, I kind of was like mesmerized by the insight of like, oh man, like this is kind of cool. Like, I guess like, you know, girls can be raunchy too and be like, you know, like they have their, their bro out moments when they're together. I thought that was kind of great. So I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought that it was really, I think it was really good for me to see this movie in high school because you're bombarded with things, at least in my era, we're all relatively around the same age, but like Fight Club and Die Hards and all of these things <laughs> where it's like, you're a dude, you're in high school, you're trying to be cool, but like you get to have a perspective of a movie that like is like, oh no, we can all be gross, we can all have fun, and we can all <laughs> laugh at comedies. And like expecting a rom-com, which is what this was like advertised as, and yeah. pretty much getting like, there's something about Mary, You know, it was kind of fun. You know, you know what, man? I think that that's probably the reason why they cast Cameron Diaz, because she was coming off of the success of something about Mary three years before that, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I think also what is really cool about this one is that, like, it's raunchy in the sense that, like, it's like so sexually charged to whatever. And it was like, dude, you know, like. It's, it makes it, it separates it from other rom-coms where women are usually more like damsels in distress or they're mm-hmm. cutesy or proper. It was like, no, like girls have this side of them too. And it's really fun to watch. And like, these girls are just having fun the entire time. I feel like they had a blast making it. I don't know if you're um, No, they did. Ha- I can, you could tell they had a blast making it because they put some of the, um, 
some of the outtakes at the, the, at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 it's that. great. It's really great. But uh, Rob, you wanna you wanna do you have a VHS copy of this movie? Of course I do. I opened up oh, my vault. I went down to my basement. I I dusted it off. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I still have this VHS copy. <laughs> and uh, and here we go. It's still got its price tag on it from Blockbuster Inc. Uh, oh nice. It uh, it. And it, it's it's blocking out the the quote at the top from E Online, but the back of the box is clear as day, and it goes: Three of Hollywood's hottest stars will show you a good time in this uninhibited comic gem: Christina Walters, Cameron Diaz, and her party hopping pals Courtney, Christina Applegate, and Jane Selma Blair are three sexy singles who love the nightlife. At the city's most exclusive dance club, Christina unexpectedly meets Peter, Thomas Jane, her perfect match. Discovering the next morning that he's left town, she and Courtney set out on a wild road trip to find him. But the road to Mr. Wright is paved with seductive surprises and hilarious misadventures. The sweetest thing puts a totally fresh twist on the search for true love. True. Hey, yeah. I'd say wow, that's a pretty yeah. good. I'd say it's a pretty yeah. good assessment. So, guys, I I want to address the casting, right? Because okay. here's here's the thing about the cast. One, I man, I fell in love with Cameron Diaz when I saw her first in The Mask. That is oh, the most oh, yeah. amazing she's ever looked, and I think that Cameron Diaz is just such a fun energy on screen. Um, and she fully then, embodies her characters. But yeah, sorry, totally, I interrupted totally, you. Totally, totally. She loves to. She just you can tell she loves to play these fun characters. So like that is a great thing. Um, Selma Blair, I have always thought she's so pretty, like in in like a different way. You know what I mean? Like it, it's like kind of like the girl that you overlook in certain movies, like Cruel Intentions and stuff. But I think she's just so great and versatile. But my favorite girl in this movie has got to be Christina Applegate, man. Mm. Like she's, I, you know, I loved her in Married with Children. I think she's mm. super versatile. She's great in um, Anchorman, but I just love her in this movie because she's this free like very like confident woman it's just, I like i just related to her in this movie i really liked her uh i loved her character but i just love her performance in it i, I just really like christina applegate she's amazing she's awesome yeah i agree i have a memory of watching this movie with my mom my parents separated when i was real young and i my mom would take me to movies because she got me on the weekends and we when we weren't able to go to the theaters together, uh, we'd rent movies at home, and this is one of the ones we rented together, which is so incredible to watch with your mom. And I understand that that's weird. <laughs> that would have been weird for me weird for, for sure. Me but luckily, <laughs> luckily, my mom was cool and like would have a conversation with me about the movies, you know. And, <laughs> But not in a way that made me feel embarrassed. That that was my dad who would embarrass so you didn't, me. So you didn't oh, get like yeah. a birds and the bees conversation after watching this movie with your mom. No, then, right? she was the one that that like instilled in me like equality and that like look these women are doing exactly the same funny things that like Jim Carrey is doing in Ace Ventura that you love, you know. And it like just always rang true to me. That would be like at least I didn't get an awkward conversation and I was able to watch these like. R-rated flicks with my mom, you know. I love that. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. great, man. I, yeah, I wish I had that kind of really. I, Same here. I, I mean, side note: 
right? Like, so I was in Colombia maybe like two years ago, and we, my mom loves to go to the movies, and she wanted to see this movie, which maybe we should review one day because it's kind of crazy, right? And it's directed by the same director of Old Boy, and it's called The Handmaid, right? The Handmaid, yeah. I believe. And I remember that my mom was like, oh, I want to see this movie. I'm like, mom, you like, I don't know if you really necessarily want to see this movie. No, they're saying it's like a Hitchcockian mystery. And like, it's so good. Watch the trailer. And I watch the trailer. And I'm like, mom, this, this is directed by a guy that directs really extreme movies. Like, I really don't think this is the movie for you. It's just like, no, 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 let's go see. And I was like, all right. And I walk in this theater and there's like, all these old ladies and couples, you know, because there was a period piece, you know, like sitting like the like late 1800s or something like that. And and I'm just going like, oh, my God, like, I, I really don't think that this is the movie that we're going to get. Oh. But hey, I'm going to. And what I proceeded to watch was just the most intense lesbian love story <laughs> with like graphic sex and like just weird fucking sexual demeanors of it like like perverse stuff i, I mean like five couples walked out of this movie or wow. whatever and the whole time look i was like 32 at the time but i'm just sitting there so uncomfortable with my mom that like I, I like I left and I was like never again. Like you're never, never allowed to pick a movie ever again. <laughs> like nobody talked on the way home. You know what I mean? She was like, <laughs> she like I was like, don't even make comments. I don't even want to hear them. Like I don't know, man. Like I just I'm wish gonna have I to had digest that. this, mother. Yeah, like, exactly. Like I don't. If I was, you know, maybe if I had that like closer relationship in terms of the way that you watch movies with your mom, I'd felt I would have felt better about it. But like I envy you for that, Rob. That's my whole point of the story. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> I have I have done that. Uh, with like the same thing that you're talking about with your mom. Uh, I've accidentally watched movies like that with my dad where uh, he'll just start talking about anything else that comes into his mind. Just be like, should we get out of here? You know, oh like, my. so it, I've been there. I, I understand. <laughs> well, I actually, guys, I really like this movie, but um, uh, Rob, is it a punchable movie? Ooh. I mean, I would maybe, I wouldn't say maybe it's a punch yourself in the face movie, but like, I definitely feel like you should maybe like pinch your arm a little bit because look guys, you know, we live in an era of feminism. We live in an era where, you know, Hollywood is trying to create more, um, female ensemble cast comedies and stuff you know bridesmaids was a great success but like we got to look back you know this movie's 18 years old this movie's like a time capsule it's, like yeah. i remember how things looked back in you know the early 2000s exactly it really is a time capsule that's what i love about it too it's like a trip down memory lane for you know i don't know yeah. how, you, but for me definitely it's it's a, yeah you can definitely tell like the time that it was made by 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 watching it but you know it is a movie that i think you know paved the way for movies like bridesmaids to come out and mm -hmm. and other you know so i i just i really enjoyed it thoroughly man like i i think that it's a testament to those three actresses obviously thomas jane is great in it too jason bateman kind of steals his thunder a lot dude jason holy bateman. shit can we talk yeah. about jason bateman let's talk about jason bateman man let's <laughs> that do it dude he every move every movie that he does and i'm, I'm not trying to knock him about ozark because i couldn't get through that but then again <laughs> that was like a very serious role for him every movie that this guy does i mean he just steals the show for like he stole the show from thomas jane for sure he did one yeah. of my favorite my, one of my favorites is when they're getting ready to go out uh, uh you know get to get married yeah and he's all like come on come on slap me slap me slap me a little slap slap me okay yeah. Uh huh. Don't be gay in God's house. Give me a hit. Thank you. All right. Let's okay. Go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's amazing. He is that such funny. like a like 
believable dirtbag that yeah. you're just like, oh my god, you 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 think he's he would be that way in real life, you know? Oh, like, dude, and my favorite moment of that is when he's actually at the wedding reception that didn't take place, you know, yeah. the wedding that didn't take place, and he's like, he's like singing, and then like he's holding the microphone like a chord, and he's like literally following the tempo of the guitarist, and yeah. he's like nodding yeah. like is a part of it all. Like I was just like, dude, there's just this so those little subtleties, man. That he's so good at pulling off, like you just you just love him in every frame, man. It's amazing. Oh, I completely agree. But uh, Peter, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. I'm gonna I'm I'm flipping the script on you real quick. Yeah. Ooh, you're quoting Ooh, some bro. Cobra Kai right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do different in this movie? If I was Peter. I mean, aren't you Peter though? Am I Peter? I think you're Peter. Holy right? shit. <laughs> We're all a little Peter. So. <laughs> dude don't say that <laughs> i know I, I as the words came out of my mouth i was taking you back regret instantly yeah. regret we're all a little peter <laughs> would i do things differently hmm well here's the thing i don't know uh the him him uh wait wait peter, sorry are we asking that from a character standpoint or a filmmaker standpoint i'm talking like i know that uh that peter magical Likes to sometimes take aspects of movies that he even loves, but would say, I would do this differently if I were making the movie. Yeah. And I didn't know if that jumped out to you at all in this one. No, yes, I like yes. that. I, but A I also want to hear what I Peter would. would do if he were Peter. Uh, I forget his last name in the movie, but like Don, if, if Donahue. there you go, if you were Peter Donahue, too, I'd love to know what you would have done differently. Oh, in that oh, situation. Really? Yeah. Cause I, I like because I'm like uh, deconstructing the movie. Here. Yeah, I mean, we, okay, I mean, so go, go we with the come back first. to it, of course. But. OK, I'll go. I'll talk about what I would do in Peter's situation. But if Peter was a producer on this movie, number one, um, there's a couple of things that I, you know, that stood out to me. And I know that it's a raunchy, raunchy comedy and they all have to have their, you know, over the top moments, mm-hmm. so, like, especially in movies like this. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, you 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 probably know, and you probably have picked out the scene that I'm talking about. Yes, yes, I'm probably. But there's two of them, okay, okay. and they're both having to do with uh, with J- uh, Selma Blair's Selma Blair's character, character Jane, who, <laughs> yep. who I'm a big fan of in this movie. Now, I didn't really yeah. like Selma Blair. Like, I'm I'm going to contradict both of you guys. Okay, I think Selma Blair is the sexiest woman in this in this movie she's very sexy she's hot she is very when the movie opens up she just got broken up with uh, what she just got broken up with right and what is the guy looking for another a 12 because she's a 10 you know what i mean yeah everyone's a movie star in this so it's hard to believe a little bit let's also acknowledge that selma blair is a like outside of this she's been battling cancer and kicking ass or multiple sclerosis is what it is yeah and kicking ass man keep going selma good good for you you. selma blair we all love you and support you here at magical movies and hey I'm, i'm just gonna put this in here real quick guys uh i won't keep this in the episode but i'm going to find a link to whatever support system she's supporting and i'll put it in this episode awesome, awesome. yeah sounds awesome. good but uh deconstructing the movie <clears throat> she's part of three scenes three yeah. scenes of the movie that are over the top now one of them i kind of laughed at you know when she's having sex with uh, her boyfriend and he's dressed like an elephant <laughs> at her job which i thought was i thought that was hilarious but it was a little over the top but i didn't mind sure and then the 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 second most over the top came before that when she was dropping off the dress and had the sperm. <laughs> oh, I it. thought 
Shit, man! I thought you were gonna go for the fi- the finale. Of oh, the I'm movie. going the, for the finale. Oh, okay, That's number okay, three. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. But 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 when she gets when she's given a blowjob to her boyfriend, <laughs> right. right? And the dick gets stuck in her mouth, you know, with the piercing or whatever. <laughs> Who would have thought that on Madrigal at the movies we'd be talking about blowjobs? Yeah. Okay. How in the hell? There's a couple of there's a couple of uh, things that you know don't, I can't, I can't follow here. First of all. It's the early 2000s. Do they have cell phones? If they do, I can understand how they could have called 911. That's number one. Number two, did, did the paramedics phones. break down the door? Okay, for this situation. All right. And number three, if this was a situation, they wouldn't be allowing a lot of people into the apartment. So I don't understand that. See, how did these people get in? You I, had me until then. Then it's all of a sudden, all oh, this thing, kumbaya, and, and get him all flaccid. <laughs> well, I think the thing about it was that, like, they wanted to make it like, you know, she's the poor girl that always gets embarrassed sexually for her ex. Like, she's so like kind of she's not she's innocent, kind of an awkward, like, but she's like that kind of. Yeah, she's more of like the the naive girl, you know, type of thing. Like, she's just like trying to be who she is, and she just gets in these awkward situations all the time. Like when she gets the dress dropped off, yeah, like yeah. all like the school children come and the priests come and whatever. So, and then she's at work and like having sex with him as an elephant, and she gets like her boss gets mad at her. It's like, so I think it's like they did it. I think I agree with you, Peter. I think it was a little bit over the top when they put like so many people that would be curious to go see what this looked like. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if it was like a couple of people or they at least built that up like hey you got to come look at this kind of like something about mary when he yeah, gets that's what i was gonna zipper. say i think it was yeah. the franks and beans scene for this movie yeah you're right you're right so i think i think i agree with you on that but anyway what would you would you not like about the dress scene oh no that was a little over the top too because i because uh, i can understand like a group first like oh <laughs> this group of kids comes in and they're on a they're on a school tour. It's like who's gonna take a school tour? <laughs> to, oh yeah, true. To, <laughs> to a dry to cleaner a in San Francisco. <laughs> that was a little over the top for me. Now, if someone came in, and it was her 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 old teacher without the children. That would have been you know makes yeah. Sense. And the priest and then the priest you know, comes that, in. That okay, yeah. But I will well, say just kids. To, to counter that a little bit, Peter. I uh-huh. think that was one of the absurd comedy moments that worked the best no, yeah, because exactly well i mean like we all agree that it was like silly and ridiculous and it was like holy shit another thing another thing another thing and it got to be that point where like it wasn't funny but then when they added one more it was like okay now it's over the top enough yeah, that exactly. i'm just like rolling and at it, it did get to that but you if you notice like on, on yeah. a lot of these uh raunchy comedy type movies you always have the main character like super bad for instance you have yeah, the main character yeah and then you have you you have um, a secondary a secondary, right. and then you have the third one uh, in in McLovin in Superbad. Right, he's the third one, right. and he's the one that goes through over the top. You know, like shoot, like teaming up with the cops yeah, and shooting yeah, all that. So, that's yeah. over the top. You see Such what I mean? Moment, yeah. So you always have the third wheel, who's like you know in these over the top, weird, awkward, com- comedic situations. I I feel like I mean, if I would have done something differently, I would have. The only thing that felt like kind of weird for me was that like Cameron Diaz and Christine Applegate go on this journey together, like this car road trip and Selma Blair stays behind. And I was like, it would have been funnier for me. Like, I think it would have been cool if all the things that happened to Selma Blair like happened like while they went on the like they went on the road trip together and she brings uh-huh. the guy with them. And it kind of made it a little more like the girls and then like this weird dude in between. And then like, <laughs> you know, that, like some blur keeps getting into these awkward situations while they're on the road trip or whatever. I think I, I just felt like 
they excluded her, you know what I mean? They from did. like, and, I it, and agree. it just kind of like made it like her own little, uh, like, like I love Selma Blair and I think everything is funny, but I was just like thinking, it was like, what is the point of her character? Yeah, because in this it, movie yeah. well, if, my question is, is that is, she, did she get fired from ooh, like the movie? Her job. I don't know. Oh, so oh, oh never, like, in the character. Story. Yeah. She, oh, she, she has sex with the elephant. Then she, you know, and then she has to go talk to her boss. <laughs> yeah. I love how she well, says it too. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm fucking a pink elephant or whatever." Yeah. <laughs> but then she goes and talks. To, see, I'm like trying to figure out. Okay, what's the conclusion of this whole scene? Because then her friends call her, and it's like uh, an, another awkward uh, moment for her. Yeah, because he puts it because her boss puts it on speaker, and it's like, did she? Th- th- and that's something that I turned around to my brother, and I was like, did she get fired? Like, what happened? What What was the conclusion? I, I guess she did. Because I'm I'm following off of what you said, Rob. It's yeah. like, w- what was the point of her character? Jane. Well. I do think that brings up like something that really jumped out at at me is like, yeah, I don't think this is a punch yourself in the face movie. I do think it's a pluck yourself in the arm, like eat popcorn, have fun movie. Um, I feel like, um, sorry, I'm pulling up the director or the writer's name real quick. Um, Nancy Pimentel, she did a great job, but it is a lot of like, I've written a whole bunch of sketches are funny in themselves. Like if they were going to be on mad TV or SNL or something, yeah, and like string them along, but like stringing them together. And there was just not enough thread stringing everything together. I really agree with you, Rob, that like if Selma Blair would have gone mm-hmm. on the road trip with them, then you would have had like rule of threes. You would have been able to like bounce things around three right. different people. I and agree with that. Right. even going further, like, what if Selma Blair getting dumped at the beginning of this movie, Jane, I should say, getting dumped yeah. at the beginning of this movie, like put her into this like empowered feeling of like, no, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And that means right. I'm going to like find a dude in this town or I'm going to go steal something from this store in this town or get into mischief or whatever. I think it would have added that little extra spark that could have made I, that road trip a, hilarious. I agree. Yeah, well, they wanted, they definitely wanted the pink elephant. Yeah. Okay? Well, they they really true. wanted that scene because yeah. they thought it was hilarious. But you can fit that scene in somewhere else. You can, go, yeah. you can take it on the road trip. Yeah, exactly. You know, like the thing, the thing for me about it is like you brought up a really good example, Peter, like super bad, right? Like McLovin's character is that third character, but mm-hmm. they weave it really well because it ties into all the exactly. plot. Because it's the same cops that break up the party. He's trying to get to the party. Like, he got busted for the fake idea. And, like, it just weaves really well in with the story with Jonah and uh, uh, Jonah Hill and um, Michael, Michael Sarah, right? So, it, 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 it worked really well. In my opinion, like, you're so right, Rob. It's, it does feel like they were just kind of doing these comedic moments that just, like, were, like, out of place. I mean, granted, it's a raunchy comedy. Things can sure. happen randomly. But... You know, there's always movies always have like good movies always have subplots, right? There's the main plot and then there's the subplot. But it kind of felt like they forced a subplot by leaving the friend behind who's sort of responsible for them going on the trip at the beginning anyway, because they go out to cheer her up. So I'm like, why wouldn't it be her character that's like, okay, they're they're taking her out to cheer up. They meet that she meets this guy. Right. And then she wants to like kind of go on the trip and they're like, let's empower her to do that. Like, I think that angle of the story would have been cool. I like it that, you know, they threw the unexpected curveball that it becomes about Cameron Diaz's character. But it just feels like they're establishing these three friends 
And then it's like, well, two of them go on a journey and one stays behind. I'm like, all right, well, then why do we need to know what happens to the one that stays behind? Even though the moments are hilarious, I would have just brought her along for the journey. Exactly. You know, I think she would have had a better vibe with the other characters. Like you said, rule of three, they would have had a better interaction. I mean, like, it would have been funny if Jane was behind the, in, in, in uh, Courtney's car and it's like, what is smelling back here? You know what I mean? Right, then she finds right, the old food. Right, right. That would have been right. hilarious, you know? I, I, because she's stuck in the back seat. You know, yeah, she's yeah. the third wheel. Get in the back seat. Yeah. yeah. And I know that they wanted to do like the girls trip or whatever. And I was like, you know, and that's where I'm like, well, would the guy go with some of her or not? But like, I was like, you could exclude that one dude. Yeah. And have her hook Just, up with another guy. somewhere. Yes, exactly. Have her hook up a, with a couple, you know? Yeah. Or, or I got it. Have her like have them crash the wedding party. You know what I mean? Yeah. They the wedding, you yeah. know what I mean? And they still think that Peter got married, you know? Well, she got dumped at the beginning. So, like, she could have gone on the trip. And, like, you said, Rob, like, she would have banged a couple of dudes because she's like, I'm empowered now. Like, I need to sleep around and have fun. And, like, you know, like, I'm going to be, like, the guy for a change. You know what I mean? Or yeah, I have the like freedom that. to do whatever the hell I want. I'm not tied down by a relationship, which just opens up so many options on a road trip movie. And it's for also, sure. it would be hilarious, you know? Right. And she's the one that could help pedal, like, no, you got to go th- meet this Peter Donahue guy, whatever. And, like, then they, they go off on an adventure, the three of them together. And I think it would have been much more hilarious. Then you can establish a subplot with her character where... She maybe does meet a guy on the way to the to the wedding that she actually ends up liking. And then you can go with that blowjob joke at the end and it would have felt more organic that way. That's that's probably the only few things I would have changed about the movie because everything else I find kind of hilarious, even though sometimes it's out of place, you know. actually would change one more thing about this movie Ooh. and it would be this so and i'll start by saying this the great alfred hitchcock once said that like what you know he defined suspense right what is suspense right you know action or, or, or like 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 horror like a moment of shock right is the bomb going off unexpected unexpectedly yes. right mm-hmm. but what is suspense is you show them the bomb with the ticking timer yeah. and yeah. then you cut away from it and let things go on because the audience knows that bomb's about to go off at any moment, right? Uh-huh. And you just don't know one, and you're just kind of like anxious to see what's going to happen, yeah. right? What I would have changed because it felt out of place is I would have established somewhere along the plot that Peter was the one that was getting married. Not when they get to the wedding and you realize it uh-huh. then, right? I would have established it before so that you're going like, oh my God, they're going on this road trip and this dude's actually the one that's getting married. Because then you can establish a little bit of the plot where he doesn't want to get married and she doesn't want to get yes, married. Because exactly. it kind of came it, from nowhere. It did come from yeah. yeah I'm piggyback on that. It did come from nowhere. And uh it would have been more it would have been very interesting had like they of course they have the spark at the club. Right. And it's like, shit, I should have done something, you know, uh Christina should have done something. Right. She regrets it. And he also, we could have a moment in there where he regrets it and he doesn't really want to get married. And we can establish that already so that it doesn't come out of left field that all of a sudden Parker Posey's character is right. thinking the exact same thing. I mean, we can introduce her later yeah, the no, way they no. do in the actual film, yeah. but they could both be getting cold feet. Right. And the cool thing is that like, if you establish that he's getting married, the audience is along for the ride with the drink, but they're like, oh my God, what's going to happen when she gets there? Yes. You know what I mean? Because- Obviously, if they think that they're going for the brother's wedding, it's like, ah, okay. But like you establish way more tension 
And you can create more comedic tension with that. You can develop Parker Posey's character, who, by the way, Parker Posey's hilarious in a lot of other things, right? So good. And And she and her like two scenes in this movie were amazing. Oh, yeah. And and look, to reference one of my favorite rom-coms of all time is You've Got Mail, right? You find out early on, right, that at at least Tom Hanks finds out that Meg Ryan is the person he's been writing. You find out early on and he doesn't let her know till the very end of the movie. And that creates so many, like many comedic tense, tense moments. Like it creates so much comedic tension because he doesn't want to tell her, but he's acting a certain way. He's figuring things out and it, it just worked, man. So I think that that is the only other thing that I would have changed about this movie. I think it would have tied it along a little bit better and it would have made it like, like you said, it would have tied it a little bit better than maybe just making it like different moments or whatever. I didn't feel it was like a twist for me. Did you guys well, think that? Shit, Rob, I think you're I think you're right on the money. Like one of my favorite television shows is Columbo. And that whole <laughs> show, you know who the murderer is at the first scene. And the entire right. movie is how does Columbo figure it out? How does he uh-huh. make them do it? And that right. just, it, you, you, you said it more eloquently than I can, but like that is a proven method. If we just knew a little bit more ahead of time, we would have been able to flesh this out. And I do think that paired with Selma Blair on the road trip, we would have like, this thing would have been fleshed out, would have been um, just a little bit more of an easier second watch, let's say. Okay. Um, my brother was watching it with me and, uh, I didn't pick up on it, but he always knew that Peter, not his brother was getting married. Mm. He figured it out right at the beginning. You can get the feeling cause it's, it, it becomes predictable. I think it's not that they were like intending for you to know. Right. Mm-hmm. But well, I- the way that it was shot. And so the, the, the shot was first on Parker Posey and then it glances over, uh, Peter, and then it goes to uh, his brother, and then oh, it goes yeah. back to Peter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that, they, but that's they when wanted you find that out. to be the twist, you right? Know? Right. But what I'm saying is that when I was watching it, I didn't pick up on it, and my brother was already like, "Oh, oh, yeah, he's getting married." Not, not his brother. It, I mean, like I said, I think it's because he, you know, your brother is obviously a great actor, and he understands movies, and I think that it, it's predictable, and that's where I'm like. Well, I don't think that they intended it to be predictable. Although there is one moment in the club where his brother's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna," and like he's like, th- "Like basically, his brother's saying like, no, I'll pretend I'm getting married so that you can get laid tonight, and I'll cover for you. Like you'll thank me later, type of thing." <laughs> okay. But I didn't. I you know I'd seen this movie back in the day, and then like knowing watching it a second time for the podcast, I realized that was the case. But I think that it becomes a really bad twist cliche. I would have just been like, dude, just let us know in the next scene when they're golfing. Right? Yeah. That they're that he's the one that's getting married. Cause they kind of make it like they avoid it. They dodge yeah, they it do. to make it seem like it's still his brother. And I'm like, nah, dude, like that's when you reveal it to us. And we're like, oh shit. Like, but he's and and that's when he can say, Yeah, I'm having kind of second thoughts or whatever. And he's like, nah, man, you're gonna string this along. And then you're bringing this journey with the girls going over there, and you're like, now you're setting it up for a big, like, oh shit, what what's gonna yeah, it's happen? It's a very tense. It's a very tense comedic, you know, moment. Yeah. Like it could be, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what, those are the things that I would have changed. Uh, but other than that, like, I want to talk about the moments that we actually really liked. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, absolutely. I'll tell you, shall I? Please. Go for it. Uh, my, one of my favorite moments in this movie is the opening, the opening title, the opening credits. Oh yeah. Uh, 
you really, really get a sense of who Christina is because all these guys and they they, <laughs> they threw Frank Grillo in there too, which was Crossbones from the MCU, yeah, which yeah. was hilarious. I was all like, oh, sh- oh, there's another MCU guy because like, Thomas Jane played the Punisher as well. So two true. MCU characters. In there. That's true. But um, but so, so you get a real good feeling of Cameron Diaz's character Christina in this wait, movie it, because these, all these guys are like getting. Why won't you call me back? She gave me her number. It's been like three days. I saw swingers. I know these things work. Hello and welcome to AOL Movie Phone. I stay up nights trying to figure out why she said she'd call and didn't. Maybe she wanted to call and that's why she said she was going to call. One oh, dude on the, on the bike, he pedals so hard that it takes it off. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he crashes into the wall. Come no, on, man. <laughs> I had to take a deep sigh during that moment. It's not, not like a bad sigh, but in a like... What am I in store for? I completely forgot the beginning of this movie. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm glad they're like really leaning into like the comedy of this. You know, it felt really good. I, I, that was awesome. I like the follow up to that scene too, just because it really establishes the characters, man. Like, you know, like you, you kind of get like, it's weird. Like for me, it was almost like peeking behind the curtain when girls hang out by themselves and how they are. Like, it didn't feel like, it did, it felt real to me. It felt like these girls like like yep. like like they they vibe in the way that they vibe and they make dirty jokes and stuff like that. you know like I felt like oh you know when I first saw this movie I was you know a lot younger I was like oh they're just like guys you know what I mean like they're mm-hmm. just like guys are but from a you know a different perspective and I and I loved that I loved that introduction to their world you know well and I think Rob I would just like I would feel. I just feel like it should be stated the elephant in the room. We're three dudes talking about this. You yes, know, right. most of our lives is celebrate or is is hanging out with our dude friends. Right. You know, so right. our perspectives are different. from that. And I yeah. think it's kind of like what I was talking about at the beginning. It's like sometimes we have to see that to realize, like, I don't know, everyone has fun. And I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. But right. it's like I can understand why, like a movie like this is important for ladies too, you know, to like watch this and be like, all these dudes are on TV. Now we get a movie with women, you know, like, thank God. And I'm not trying to be like, uh, you know, preaching or anything like this, but I do think it's important. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. I think it also really establishes like, you know, (sighs) empowered women in the sense that like, these chicks, like, you know, they're like, they're a bit of, they're players themselves. You know what I mean? Cause those guys are waiting for the call back at the beginning or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they, and, and I didn't feel like the girls were being sleazy either. It was kind of like, you know, like they're, they can also play the field and do what they want to do. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was cool. Like I yeah, liked that aspect yeah. of the movie, you know? And, and, and that's why I kind of was able to buy into that world and feel like it was real. Cause I was like, yeah, dude, this is how it happens. You know, I think my favorite part, moment of the movie though for me um was actually the <laughs> I, I don't know why i laughed so hard at this moment but like they're, when they like after they get like the dirty food and they're like cleaning up the thing and they go to this gas station or whatever like oh, God. And, and the chick's like i'm about to shit out a buick i was like laughing so hard let me put it to you this way i had lamb curry last night and i'm shitting out a buick because oh. <laughs> it came out of nowhere but I love that it was like also a female. Like yeah. it wasn't something like, you know, like you expected like a like a trucker guy doing yeah. no, man. Like they did it, they pulled it. It was so good, man. It was so loud. And and I didn't think when I was watching, I was like, 
oh, how great that a girl said that. No, I was like, I was just invested in the movie. And yeah. like, I, you know, like it was just great, man. I thought it was hilarious. And I laughed out really like out loud in that part. I thought that was great. Sorry. Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts in the movie, uh, like I, we talked about the laundromat scene and that one's like silly, but I loved like how it just like compiled on itself. And I thought built that was really funny. Up. Yeah, it built up, built up like to the point where I was done with it and then it, they brought me back <laughs> in. But really like kind of tied for that is when the like dirty biker is next to the car and Cameron Diaz is searching for something and like Christina Applegate is just like pretending as if she's like going down on her and the dude when he he drives off not only is it just like dumb and silly and made me laugh easily right like the sound effect of that guy driving off the road and just yeah, yeah, yeah It's just like <laughs> Looney Tunes. You know what oh, I mean? Totally, it was so totally. great. No, so but that's slapsticky. why I love Christina Applegate in this movie because she just fucks with people the entire time, yes, man. Like, yes. She's, she's that character, and I just thought that was badass. Like, I liked it so much. Oh, man. God, I, I, I got to tell you, Peter, when you suggest the sweetest thing in the group chat... I was a, I was a little bit like, oh God, what are we in store for? Because I only had like my memories from high school, you know. Yeah. But I am so glad that uh, your friend pointed this one out and suggested it to us. <laughs> she listens. That was a lot of subtle undertone in there. She man. listens. She listens <laughs> to the pod- a lot of it. She listens to the podcast too, guys. So she's gonna appreciate that. Yeah. Well, shout out to your friend. What's her name? Like we should like, shout. Her, or are we keeping it anonymous for now? Should I keep it anonymous? I, don't I know. think you should shout her out because she gave us a great suggestion. Thank you, uh, Amanda. Yes, Amanda. Great job. You really got me to watch a movie that I probably <laughs> wouldn't have watched again. Um. No, but hey, it's hey, it's magical at the movies, not magical at the sci-fi dude yeah. flick action movie <laughs> action drive-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, Amanda, <laughs> thank you all, for reminding us about. You know, that. I mean, we yeah. did Phineas. Technically, we did Phineas and Ferb. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But Phineas kids and Ferb movie. also falls under the sci-fi. That's uh, true. Kids movie, that though. is kids true. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I wanted to read something real quick, if you didn't mind. A friend of mine writes for a website called Decider, and uh-huh. uh, her name's Leah Palmieri, and she did a thing a few months back about the sweetest thing. You know, I was trying to do my research on the movie, and there was just a couple of quotes that I thought was good because it it honed in on something you said earlier, Rob, with like bridesmaids and, you know, rough night and things like right. that. Right, and right. just real quick, since she's a buddy of mine, I wanted to shout her out. I thought this was a good article. And uh, she had said, the sweetest thing is not just a funny movie. It's a damn important one. It's a film that dared to present women in a way they're still fighting to be seen on screen. These women are flawed. They get stuck in mortifying situations, but they own it. And then she tops that with the sweetest thing took an axe to the glass ceiling of raunchy female female comedies. And we must honor them for going there. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I do. I I agree. Yeah, another thing that like I just wouldn't have watched this movie, but I'm so glad that I did. So just had to put that out there. Friend wrote it, wanted to put Guys, it in the pod. Let's acknowledge something. Here. I got to I got to like this is this is something I got to see because like while this movie has its flaws and stuff like that, Rotten Tomatoes has this rated as a 27 percent. That is really? a that is a 
flop. That is a terrible review, right? Really? This movie is not a 27%. And here's my whole gripe with Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, let's hear it. I feel like there are movies that Rotten Tomatoes rates really high that are god awful (laughs) and movies that it rates really low that are actually really good. And I wonder about the politics of that because Rob, not to not to bring back the like the, the opinions of coherence, and we discussed this in detail. Sure, but sure. Coherence is rated really high on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like a ninety-two percent or something like that. And in my opinion, I didn't think it was deserving of a ninety-two. You know what I mean? I still and don't think it's deserving of a ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I'll I tell mean, you like, that. that I like the I mean, movie. I, I would have given it like if it were me, maybe like you know, if it was like a high, like a sixty-two percent or whatever. You know what I mean? But like sure. a twenty-seven for the sweetest thing. I was like that deserved like a seventy-five at the most. You know, at least you know. What well, I mean? Sorry. one thing I'd look at uh, with the Rotten Tomatoes is the audience score. I don't. That's a good point. I like to listen to what some people say, and uh, and the, the Rotten Tomato score from the audience is sixty five. So I'm like, okay, some people gave it a chance, so I'm going to give it a chance too. But you know, I, the one thing I'll say about this movie is that it's extremely enjoyable, especially when you're thinking about the psyche of you know, um, of, uh, of of women of the opposite sex. You you yeah, sixty five. Yes, there we go. Um, when you're thinking about that's the audience score, by the yeah, way, that's guys. the audience score is a 65. But it, it's a really good, like you know, doorway into you know the way women think. You know, other than like you know, one of my favorite yeah. rom coms, uh, which would be um, Helen Hunt, Mel Gibson, uh, What Women What Want. Women Want. It's a great movie. Love too. that movie. You know. But here's here's the thing that's weird, guys. To me, it's like you know, I know that there's this this female empowering movement right now in Hollywood and all these roles. But like my kind of problem that I have with that is that we tend to I mean, it's great what it's doing, but at the same time, it's like, when did we forget about these movies that we're talking about? Like, when did we forget about The Sweetest Thing? When did we forget about What Women Want? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think that those movies were, like, it, they came out in an era where, like, people weren't really, they didn't really care that it was a female movie or not. Like, they just loved it for the movie that it was, which is, to me, in my opinion, like, the true equality of 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 these things. So it's like, I... I, I don't know, man. I remember watching The Sweetest Thing in 2002 and I loved it. I thought it was so good. I thought it was like raunchy and fun and interesting. Like I loved the characters. Like I didn't care that they were women. I didn't care that they were guys. I didn't care about any of it. I just enjoyed the movie for the movie in itself. And I just don't know why that like it would get a 27%. I think that that's like really kind of like, ru- like maybe that's, that's the reason why these movies. Maybe, now maybe they didn't movement. like the, uh, maybe they didn't like the over the top scenes that I mentioned. But even then, man, a 27 <laughs> is low, man. Like for I a know. movie that I, like I thought was really just like, it was, it was, gr- fun. It was fun. It was fun all the way through for me, you know? So I, th- I, Honestly, I would side higher. I would go with like a 75 on this one because I, I think that it was great, you know? Yeah, I think the audience score probably locks in where I would want to go. And just to touch on what you were saying, Rob, I think that like, I think we're, hmm, how do I want to say this? I think that more doors are opening. And when more doors are opening, uh, you oftentimes get flooded with ideas. And sometimes that we do forget about things that have already put a, a stake in the ground or a flag in the ground. You know, and mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that a movie like this doesn't exist anymore. But it, but I think we are all on the same page here that we should celebrate movies 
that still need to get credit for being good for what they are as films. It's like if you think about it, like, you know, there's always some founding inspiration and founding. Like, I, I just feel like the sweetest thing has some like what your friend wrote is absolutely true in all the sense of it. Like we cannot we have to honor that movie and for what it was. And I think that it came at a time that was early and it was brave and bold and it was awesome. Like I thought they really did a great job with it. So kudos to the filmmakers and and the actresses that were in there. And by the way, I just I really liked every single one of those actresses before they were in this movie. So when I yeah. saw that they were really? all doing well, it. Well, no, when when Selma Blair was in Cruel Intentions, I was not the biggest fan. I was like, <laughs> I liked her because she really? was, she played her character so well. And like the thing is, like when I watch Cruel Intentions, I feel like a like poor girl, like they're taking such advantage of That's her. But true. like also at the same time, like you fucking love her in the movie because she's so like she's so naive in a great way. Like she plays naive characters well. But then let's not forget. That Selma Blair was also in Hellboy, and she does a oh, great job yeah. in those movies, man. Like I love her in those movies. Did so. you guys know that uh, Roger Gumbel directed Sweetest Thing and Cruel Intentions? Like, uh, did, <laughs> I, didn't, actually, I just realized I did not that. Know that? <laughs> I yeah. just realized yeah, he, that. That's what a hilarious. what a different yeah wow yeah. two two opposite sides of the coin on the style of movie that he was making there hey guys you know i'm i'm realizing at this moment this far into our recording that uh peter you have neglected to tell us what you have would have done if you were peter in this movie we well, said we'd come all, back to that it. Back. Yeah. Ah, you're coming back to it. Uh, let me think. So first of all, Peter's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> hey <laughs> What would I have done if I was Peter in this situation? Um, hmm. I probably would have done the exact same thing he did. Like, uh, you know, if you're not feeling, uh, uh, you're not, if you're not feeling a relationship, I've gotten out, I've gotten out of my own fair share of relationships in my lifetime. And if you're not feeling a relationship, then, you know, even if it's on the altar and you're ready to get married, if both of you are like cold feet and you don't want to do it, then don't. But see, like, here's the thing for me, I wouldn't have gotten that far. <laughs> I would not have. I would not have gotten that far. You know what I mean? A little uh, bit more honest with yourself. than Yeah. This Peter. Yeah, exactly. I'm way more honest. You know, if I meet if I meet someone at a, at a bar or club, you know, first of all, I'm probably not if I'm if I'm in a relationship, I'm not flirting with them. I'm just going to say hi, bye. And that's it. You know, so sure. yeah, but if I'm, but if I'm not in a relationship or the relationship's going south, then yes. And I'm already honest with the person that I'm with about it going south. So I would have already broken up with her. Uh, it would I not have, another- have happened at the altor. $30,000? Are you kidding me? 30 grand. <laughs> oh man, that guy I, was, I was pissed. If I was the dad, I'd be I understand too. that go dad. Time. Ah, fuck it. It's go time. Just <laughs> like tackles him again. 30 you guys grand. ever uh you guys ever been to the club? I know we're wrapping up here soon, but you ever been to the club with a friend who's the monkey dancer guy? Oh God! See, oh dude, oh those, man, it wasn't. Yeah, it's more cringy. <laughs> those guys are more cringy than Night at the Roxbury. No oh, kidding, totally. you put it, you nailed it, you nailed it, Peter, for <laughs> sure. Jeez. But you know what's funny though is that I'm not gonna lie, man. Like that is a real thing. Like there are those douchey, weird, cringy guys that like harp up on girls like that thinking that they're so cool like the guy when he's like right here beautiful or whatever like like he like puts his cheek for a kiss like right away the awesome thing about this though is that you look at the girls and they're just like oh, okay yeah buddy yeah and, like you feel like one of them you're like hell yeah like i'd be on their side 100 like exactly. that is not the way 
to approach women, man. Like, like there are people that do goofy dance and like flirt in the right way. These guys were like, I'm so awesome. Look at my moves. Oh, and I'm like man. such a player. I'm going to like get these girls. And like, I love their reactions to it. Like it, it just was. It I made me cringe for them. I was oh, yeah, like, yeah. It Hell makes yeah, me it like it makes me feel good about who I am as yeah. a person. I'm just like, <laughs> well, yeah, totally. you know, I may be a lot of things, but I'm not that. So I am not monkey guy. dancing guy. <laughs> oh my god, monkey I'm, I'm, dancing I'm, I'm, I'm two guy. thumbs pointing at myself, guy. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I am. Oh man, what about I, you guys? Would you? What would you, Rob? What would you do in that situation? If I was Peter. One of you. One of you, Robs. Take it. Let's it, go. You can go, Rob, and I'll follow up. If I, if I was Peter, man, and I like, I don't think I'd, I don't even think I'd get that far. I wouldn't be engaged to someone that I, because like having second doubts to marry, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I'm so, like, if, like, you know, like it's so forever type of thing that it's like, you kind of have to know it's the right girl for you or whatever. And like, I would want to marry someone that I'm just like really into, you know? So like, if I wasn't feeling it, like I'm with you, Peter, I, I, I'd kind of be like, mm, let's not do this or whatever. And if I met a, 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 like a really attractive girl or something like that, like book, like on my bachelor party or whatever. And I knew that I was really attracted to the point where like, Oh, I don't want to get married. I'd know something was wrong. So yeah. I really had to break that off much sooner than later. Um, you know, like you got to listen to the know. little voice, man. You, you got to listen, listen to your listen. little voice, you know, because like, you know, you want to get married to somebody that you're really, really into. But I guess I think that's maybe why I needed that plot line established. Like we needed to figure out that he was the one that was getting married yeah. sooner. So that way we had we could go on the journey where he has those second thoughts and it wouldn't feel like, well, so what? You met a beautiful girl at a bar and now you just don't want to get married all of a sudden. That's kind of it's kind of weird, you know? Yeah, but. Yeah. I'm right there with you guys, you know, and, and that's that's kind of the movie magic of this. It's like we're not going to get, you know, true life to an extent, but For sure. maybe we are because maybe someone lies to themselves as much as the Peter in this movie did. But we get the happy ending at the end that kind of ties it together with the interview segment that we got at the beginning. Um, I thought that was kind of fun. I actually had completely forgotten about that. Um, so... <laughs> Even if you, the three of us, are maybe a little bit wiser than the Peter in this film, uh, I think that... Uh, that just that, sounds funny to say. Like, oh. I think they still tied it together pretty well, even if part of it was unbelievable. Oh, no. I mean, like, I, I'm all about the suspension, the disbelief of stuff. I just like I'm with Peter. Like, I, I like, it seemed just a little bit over the top with all the people there with like the singing. I know why I know why they did it. I know it was, why like, they did. It, too, it was but... just it's like the time, you know, like those singing like ensembles. there might as well have been a coffee table in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's it's kind of like I know why, but like at the same time, I'm like, well, that's where you kind of give away your little cliche moments of just like, let me do this because it's trendy type of thing, as opposed to let's just let's just make the moment funny. I thought I thought it's funny that she's like singing. She's like, oh, oh yeah. Like, that was funny to me. Like you know, like it, it was great. So I think that it was, yeah. And then like by the way, Selma Blair's facial expressions yeah, with just her funny. eyes, 
They're hilarious, man. Like, it's great. It's a great, well, funny movie. Actually, uh, Cameron Diaz's facial expressions when she's looking at the glory hole. Like, you don't know oh, what a glory yeah. hole uh, is? Dude, but like, <laughs> what? 2002 comedy, and you're talking about glory holes, and you see, he's like, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> oh, blown man. away, gentlemen. I was yeah. blown away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I was not expecting the girls to be like, oh, my cock, when they see the dude's uh, dick or whatever, like yeah. uh, some of Blair's boyfriend, which, by the way, another moment that felt sort of real, like I bought into this girl world is that Selma Blair comes out and she's like, oh, like, do you guys have any Advil? Like, oh, yeah, that felt real because like I feel like girls have been in that position. I just felt like, you know, like it, it was such a subtle, real little line that you put in where you buy into this I, I just thought they did they executed this so well you know in, in in their relationship their perspective everything i thought it was just it made it funnier for me you know like i thought that was great made it real yeah totally totally well hey gentlemen i wanted to let you know that we are deep into the throes of november with this Oof. episode Coming up on Thanksgiving, so I think we're going to have to plan something special for our next wildcard episode. We might have to do a, a te- turkey-themed Thanksgiving wildcard. of an episode, if you gobble, will. Gobble, gobble, guys. I will bring the tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I think also, by the way, by from popular demand, guys, I, like we need to bring trivia back. I think it's uh, the perfect time to bring back some movie trivia. Yeah, because I've been hearing a lot of positive things about our movie trivia episode, and a lot of people enjoyed it, so I think we, we have to bring it back. So that sounds it. like I'm a down. great idea. Well, I think we've got another awesome episode in the books gents um i want to remind our listeners to head to apple Podcasts and leave us those ratings and reviews we really appreciate it another thing that we don't really talk about much but we should put it out there is that if anyone wants to advertise or even just throw a dollar at this podcast there's a link in the description that says support this podcast you're welcome to do so not not that you have to no guilt but uh, the ability is there if people really feel that we are uh, killing it and throw us a buck, right? Boom, <laughs> and baby. Honestly, your your support goes to the making of the podcast and improving the podcast. We have editors that we have to help out. Like we have a lot of you know avenues that your support would really help to enhance the show and make it better for you guys. And uh, we would appreciate it. So. Thank Absolutely, you. Rob. You said it much better than me. <laughs> we do. We got to support everyone that helps this show. It's, it would be great. Um, but Peter, this was your choice this week. Oh. So do you want to take us home? Thank you, everybody, for listening to Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. And for Rob and Rob, I'm Peter Madrigal. And I hope to uh, see you or you'll be hearing from me soon. Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob is hosted by Peter Madrigal, Rob Federick, and Rob Schulte. The podcast is edited by me, Chris Tyler, and produced by Rob Schulte. If you're looking to support this podcast, check out the merch link in the show notes, or just leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any suggestions for a movie you'd like us to cover, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Christos Tyler, or to Rob at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week.